Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 22. And I would remind you that over in Romans 15 and 4, Paul informs us that whatever things were written of before times were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And then again in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11, Paul says, These things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. So I believe that these things that are written back here in the Old Testament, these lives that were lived, they were for examples for us. And we can learn so much from each life that's pictured here in these scriptures. And so we're going to be looking at chapter 22 here. <clears throat> and let's take time to go before the Lord in prayer. Because the scripture tells us without faith it's impossible to please God. I want to be pleasing to God, don't you? Amen? And we can be sure that these acts of faith recorded in the Old Testament here have a real meaning for us here this morning. And so let's ask the Holy Spirit to just show us what it is that he wants each of us to glean from these scriptures. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Hallelujah. Father God, we're a needy people. There's many, many needs represented here in this church. People have come in here this morning looking for answers. And we know that the just must live by faith, that without faith it's impossible to please God. And we know that in this chapter there's a story about a man of faith and his sacrifice. And God, there's something very special about it, something that you want to talk to us about this morning. And God, if we only had ears to hear and a heart to receive, God, if your Holy Spirit would just move amongst us and touch us each individually, God, no matter what the need is this morning, we know Jesus is the answer. And we know that we must reach out in faith to get a hold of that answer. So, Lord, may your anointing just be upon this congregation. May the anointing be upon this pastor, and may he be hid behind the cross that people might see Jesus this morning and that their needs might be met. For it's in his name we ask it. Amen. Chapter 22 of Genesis, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, 
and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Today is Youth Sunday. Tonight our young people are going to be putting on uh, the service. We've got one of the greatest youth groups in the city. And we've got some of the greatest youth leaders. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't imagine, well, I can only imagine, <laughs> just how that must have came home to Abraham as the Lord said, I want you to take your son. I want you to take your son. Not one amongst many. Uh, it was your only son. It's the one whom I've given you promises through. The one that you've got hope in. It's the one that you love so much. We dedicated little Philip up here this morning. Can you imagine God coming to you this morning and saying, Phil, I want you to take little Philip and I want you to take him to a mountain that I'm going to show you and I want you to offer him up as a burnt offering. Man. I think uh, it'd take more than just a little faith. take all kinds of faith. But first of all, I want you to notice the time of this temptation or the time of this trial. In the first verse there it says, after these things. After what things? After Abraham had already left his home in Ur of the Chaldees. After he'd already gone down into Egypt and and uh, come back into the land of Canaan after uh, he'd walked with the Lord many years he's now an old man he was pretty near 100 years old when when his son was born and now his son is a he's not a little child like Philip he's a he's a young man because he put the wood on his shoulders when they, when they go to offer the sacrifice. So he's a young man. And here's Abraham over 100 years old. And he says, I want you to take your only son. And I want you to sacrifice him. It's not like he's got another life and he can start all over again. You know, sometimes trials come upon us very late in life. In fact, the worst trial you're ever going to have is going to be the last one. Guaranteed it. I'll guarantee it. How's that? Because the last enemy you've got to overcome is death. That is going to be the worst trial that's ever going to, you're ever going to face. 
Are you going to have the faith to overcome death? Because there's only one way to overcome death. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved and thy household. That's what the word says. Here he's walked with God many years. He's gone through many trials and he could probably say to himself, oh, I've got to be an old, old man now. I can just sit back and take it easy. But it wasn't to be so. You don't expect a child to walk before it learns to crawl. And Abraham, up to this point, had just been learning to walk with the Lord. He'd just been in the school of faith. He hadn't really gotten down to the nitty-gritty where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Remember, God says over in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, he says, he'll not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able to stand, but with the temptation, he'll give you the means of escape. Just out of curiosity, how many in here this morning are going through some kind of a test or trial? You know, the Lord said, in the world you'll have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome it. And we who live and are a part of the Lord Jesus Christ have the power to overcome every trial that will come along. Every trial. Abraham was old and full of years. and He just figured it's probably all over with. But now, God asks him, give his only son. What's the meaning of this trial? What's the meaning of this temptation that he's going through? We've been studying the book of James on Wednesday nights. And we were discussing some of these very things about God cannot be tempted, neither tempteth he any man. And we found out that God doesn't tempt a, tempt a man to make him fall, but God does test you. And God did not want Abraham to fail, but God was testing Abraham to see if he was genuine, see if his faith was real. If you look at Matthew chapter 4 and verse Hold your place because we'll be going back. But 4 and verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Who led him up? The Spirit of the Lord. In other words, the third person of the Trinity. God led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You say, wow. Didn't he know that Jesus had just been baptized in the Holy Spirit? He just had a, had a glorious experience down there in baptism in water. And, and uh, 
Why this trial? It was to prove what was really in Jesus. Jesus went through every temptation, same as you do. He was tempted in every way, likewise as you, yet without sin. And he is our example. And just as he overcame it by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. <clears throat> so the nature of this trial, it was not to be just any trial. It was to be a giving up of his son. It was to be uh, the hardest thing that any parent could ever do. He was to give up that which was most valuable. You see, the first commandment is that you shall have no other gods before you. And sometimes we allow things to get between us and God. We allow things to take a higher priority than they should. If it came to choosing between your husband and God, which would you choose? If it came to choosing between your child and God, which would you choose? And these are hard choices. And I'm going to tell you, over the past years, I have seen Christians who were, they were, I would have said any time, I, I would have said they're good Christians. And a trial would come along, and the first thing you knew, they were no longer walking with Jesus because the thing that God asked them to give up, they couldn't give up. And that became their God. I knew one guy, his wife left him. And it was just too much for him. No longer walked with Jesus. I knew a preacher. His wife died. And he stopped preaching the gospel. He couldn't, he, he couldn't walk with the Lord anymore. Because he blamed God. and God didn't answer his prayer. You've got to let God be God. And if God says, give me this or do this, you've got to be willing to do it. <clears throat> Has God asked you to offer up your Isaac yet? There's something that's very important to you. And if God hasn't asked you to give it up, if you're putting it ahead of God, there's something that you may have to give up. 
You know the reason a lot of people don't become Christian? Because they're afraid that they, of what they've got to give up. You see, really, we don't give up anything for God. We only gain. But people don't understand that. And we, we take things like, uh, how much money do you have? Check your wallet. How much money do you have? Come on. How much money do you have? I'm going to tell you how much you have in there. What? Um, I'm going to whisper in your ear how much money she's got. Right? All right. Tell me how much money you got. Just, just in bills. Fourteen. Fourteen? How much money has she got? Nothing. Nothing. Because it all belongs to God. You got absolutely none. You see, it's only when we think it's ours that we hold on to it and don't want to give it up. That's, that son or that daughter is not yours, it's God's. And if God gave it to you for a while to have pleasure with, great. If God wants to take it, great. You see? That's the way it has to be. That has to be our heart's attitude. And there's people get the idea that everything belongs to them, you know? Well, Abraham could have said, hey, wait a minute, this is my son. It wasn't, it was God's. It was God's son. And if God wanted him to give it, then he was willing to give it. And I wanted you to notice in verses 3 through 10, and we're running late on time, so I'm not going to read them, but in verses 3 through 10 there, he saddles up his donkey, he cuts the wood, he gets the men together, and he takes off for the mountain that God had told him about. He didn't stop and question anything. He didn't go and say, uh, uh, hey, Lee, do you think it's a good idea that I go? Come on, hurry up, talk me out of it. I might have to go and get my son. You know, that's what we do when we, we're looking for advice. God tells us to do something. We, I don't know. I think God's telling me to do something, but uh, what do you think? <laughs> we want somebody to talk us out of it. He didn't go and tell his wife because he was afraid maybe Sarah would talk him out of it. How many of you know your wife would talk you out of it if you had to give your son? <laughs> they, they don't give up too easy. And so he just took God at his word and he, and he saddled his, his uh, beast of burden and he didn't tell anyone. And there's some things that we just have to shoulder by ourselves. There's some things you're just as well off not to discuss it with someone else. Some things you just go to the Lord with. Sometimes you're better off bearing your own burden. And he takes, and he gets out there and he says to the young men, he says, now, the boy and I, we're, we're going to go up in this mountain. We're going we're to give a sacrifice up here. 
And we'll be back. He had no doubt in his mind he was coming back, and he wasn't coming back by himself. He was going to bring the boy back. And he goes up, and he makes the altar, and he puts the wood on the altar, and he, he gets it all ready to start a fire. And, and how many, you've you got to realize now, this is a young man. And uh, he's probably about, well, let's just take Lee here. I, I don't think if Lee didn't want to be tied up that uh, a man over 100 years old could tie him up. But this boy was obedient. And the old man ties him up and puts him on the fire, or on the wood. He didn't start the fire yet. And he pulls out the knife, and he's going to kill him. And it says, the angel of the Lord called from heaven and said, do him no harm. Now, I think that the wording there is a little, little bad, really. It says the angel of the Lord. I'd rather say it was the Lord of the angels because I think it was Jesus Christ. And I think he called down and he said, don't do him any harm. And I, I think that Abraham had a vision down through the years and he saw that Jesus was going to be the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth, that he was going to be that one that was going to be the ultimate sacrifice and he didn't need to sacrifice his, his son because God had already sacrificed his. God provided the sacrifice. And that's why you don't have to sacrifice your children. You know, the devil would like to have your children. Uh, he'd like to throw them in the fire. And you're going to be tempted to allow them to, well, you know, they got a free will. Let them do what they want to do. They're just kids. Let, let them go ahead. But you're going to have to bring them to the Lord because that's the only way to save them from the fire. You're going to have to accept the Lord's sacrifice because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you don't have Jesus, you don't have the substitute sacrifice and the wages of sin is death, that means you're going to die. You're going to die. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're going to die. If you don't have Jesus in your life and in your heart, you're going to die. You know, one of the most comforting things to me was when my mother died. I was about ready to preach. And they gave me the news before I went into the pulpit. My mother died, and they said, well, you don't have to preach if you don't want to. But you know, it didn't affect me that way because I knew where my mom was. I knew my mom had gone to be with the Lord. And there's some young people in here this morning that don't know where their mom's going to be. 
There's some young people in here that don't know where their dads are going to be. There's some moms and dads in here that don't know where their young people's going to be. Hallelujah. You can give them up a lot easier if you know where they're going to be. See, Abraham could give him up because he knew that God would raise him again. He said, the boy and I will come back. Look over in Hebrews uh, chapter 11 and verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, accounting that God, there it is, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. That's how he could do it. And you can, you can sacrifice your children too. You can give your children a, what, whatever the Lord wants them for. You can, you can uh, take uh, comfort if, if something happens to one of your children knowing that God's going to raise them up again. For whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ will be raised. Will be raised. He's going to raise not only to newness of life in this world, but we're going to have a new life. Hallelujah. Now, we've run out of time. But I believe... God's been speaking to some people in here this morning. Let me ask you a question. Do you know for sure that when that last trial comes and the death angel comes into your room or wherever you're at and carries you off, do you know that you're going to be with the Lord Do you know that you're going to have eternal life? Do you know that you're going to be raised from the dead? For sure? You can, you know. Because his spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. And Jesus said, Whoever liveth and believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. See, you can know. But if, you, but if you want to hang on to this life and you want to hang on to the things you've got right now, hang on to your Isaac, whatever it is that you're putting ahead of God, then you just hang on to it because that's all you're ever going to get. That's it. But if you'll accept Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning, you can have life eternal. Hallelujah. That's the message. That's what God is saying. I'd like everyone to bow their head in prayer, please.
for chance. There may be just one in here this morning. You've never asked Jesus into your heart and into your life. You've been kind of doing your own thing. Then, this is your opportunity this morning. Is there anyone here this morning that would say, by raising their hand, I want to accept Jesus. I want to become a Christian. I want to live my life for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think I see that little hand. <laughs> Becky, is that little girl right there next to you raising her hand? Are you raising your hand? Hallelujah. You're raising your hand, huh? Hallelujah. I've tried to make this message very simple. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, if you really understand it, and I want to make sure you understand it, you can have eternal life this morning. Maybe you've prayed that prayer some time ago, maybe when you were a little kid. But you haven't been living for Jesus, and you know you haven't, and you want to start living for Jesus again. Would you raise your hand? And let me just pray a prayer for you. Anyone? Hallelujah. Yes, I see a hand back. Yeah, okay, thank you. Praise the Lord. Is there anyone else? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. One other group that I want to talk to this morning. You're going through a trial. You're going through some hard times. God's, it's almost like he's asking you to give up your Isaac. It's, there's some things there that are really troublesome. And you want to raise your hand and just say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, I see those hands. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, hallelujah. Several hands have gone up. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer.